Ryan Yee. Hello and welcome back to Eventide Radio, a fan-made Destiny podcast where we have roundtable discussions about a variety of different topics concerning the popular video game franchise. At its core, this show is about having in-depth discussions about the game from a variety of different perspectives. I'm your host, Scotty, and with me is my co-host, Rob, and today we are talking about story uh, because there has been a lot going on, surprisingly, in Season of the Tariff in terms of story. So, Rob, uh, talk to me a little bit about your thoughts so far. Uh, this season's been pretty interesting, uh, and I want more of it, and I'm not ready to part with it because I want more of it. Um, and I don't know if it's because there's that kind of linkage to like Siva and kind of the Iron Lords and some of that stuff. Uh, but it's it's a good season. Um, but yeah, the the I guess we'll spoiler warning. Uh, so. I think like the fourth or fifth week, um, Anna kind of gets the idea of, hey, maybe we, because like, so basically each week is, uh, we think we need to get closer to unlocking Rasputin and up, you know, getting him to kind of come back together if we continue to run these highest battlegrounds and collect data from these, these, not war mines, but what are like, uh. like, Fragments of submines? the yeah submines. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, that's kind of the the rationale behind running these heist battlegrounds. Is you keep collecting data when you complete them that maybe kind of build a bigger picture. And finally, Anna's like, "What if we go and try to find Fellspring, which is Fellwinter's ghost?" Um, and oh, so, shit. yeah. So they make a there's, so there's a mission where you go to the Iron Temple, um, and it kind of plays similarly to the first mission in rise of iron like not the whole gondola part but basically once you get to the map that is now um in the pvp map like that whole area you're like fighting off a bunch of fallen um and then you get to fell winter peak and you find fell spring kind of over by there was a couple of dogs like on the left side uh, so you actually you go across the bridge and get to get to Fellwinter Peak. You can't like climb the top like you could in Rise of Iron. I, I think there's like an invisible barrier that kills you. But basically, uh, once you start getting and going to the the Fellspring immediately, Rasputin like comes to life and starts talking. Uh, and first kind of has the voice akin to um, Clovis Bray, but then he like modulates it so it doesn't quite sound like him. And then you get a really, really, really awesome cutscene. It's one of those kind of like animated ones oh, yeah. uh, that basically finally reveals that Clovis Bray created Rasputin to, with the sole intent to destroy the Traveler, so that, uh-huh. so that, so, yeah, so like, like kind so of a big aha theory. moment, yeah. yeah that he he was created to destroy the traveler and then basically replace the traveler so that he could be perceived by humanity as the true machine savior but because anna saw more to rasputin he's more than a weapon that's why that's the name of like the quest um that he's more than a weapon that she started you know teaching him about like literature and music and 
at like drama and and humanity basically that that is what prevented him from destroying the traveler um and there's a really cool part of the cutscene where it shows anna like sitting at a computer terminal and then it implies you know like the darkness came and the collapse happened and then it like like wipes to anna sitting there as a skeleton now dead because the collapse happened so it's a kind of dark uh the music's really good like it's it's parts from like beyond light playing in there but yeah so basically like yeah clovis bray is the world's biggest d-bag and uh all along wanted to destroy the traveler but anna basically saved humanity um because she taught rasputin to be more than that wow um and so then you get back to the helm you basically 86 clovis bray out of that exo and then rasputin's conscious gets like uploaded to it and now whenever you go to the helm and talk to that robot it's rasputin talking to you yeah uh, okay so, wow so that happened and then um there's been some stuff with Marasov where basically she's like, you cannot keep doing what we're doing. Like we can't keep fighting the Wrathborn because it's basically feeding into Zivu Wrath's plan that the more you the more you kill and destroy, even if you're killing Zivu Wrath's forces, it's just making her stronger and like that's the whole point. And so we basically she was kind of implying you need to like stop Rasputin or shut him down or don't let him on this course because it's going to be worse in the long run. And so then the decision was like, well, we need to like stalemate the whole thing. There's like a cutscene where you go to Zavala's office and all the, the players are there. Mithrax is there and Marasov's there and Zavala's there and, and uh, Keitel. And uh, basically you come to this agreement of like, OK, well, we're not going to we're not going to turn on the offensive, but we're also not going to like just stand idly by um, and kind of continue to support the defense. Um, and then this this last week, we got another mission It was much shorter, but you basically did you ever do the sleeper simulant quest in Taken King? No, I though it was complicated. Yeah, so there's all the the Warsat public events that everyone to this day still kind of like resents. Um, but there's a kind of a one of the missions from the Taken King where you go into one of Rasputin's bunkers on the Cosmodrome and you like scan something and then it ends. But then if you're doing the sleeper simulant quest, there's like a harder version of it where once you scan that thing, an elevator takes you down to a deeper part of the bunker and you have to fight more enemies, and you actually go and do that exact thing. You go into the deeper elevator part um, and, like, extract more data, and that's been, like, kind of the most recent thing is he's, like, Rasputin is basically, like, I'm not really sure, like, from, like, a calculation standpoint if this whole stalemate thing's going to work, but we got to keep trying what we're trying, uh, and in the meantime, keep doing Heist Battlegrounds to collect more data, and, like, that's that's the season so far and i think when you log in there's a thing that says like the last two or three weeks are going to have some kind of event leading up to lightfall and then ultimately also like resolving this um so yeah kind of a kind of a big reveal and a big deal of like what the actual intent of rasputin was mm -hmm. um and during that 
cuts or during that mission, the, the one from this week where you go down into the bunker again, he talks about, because, you know, the other theory is that uh, Rasputin's the one that shot down the traveler because he thought he was going to escape. That was my question, actually, yeah. Yeah, Rasputin directly, he, no, he addresses it and says, I, I'm pretty sure he says, I was going to, and then I didn't. Um, because like he, and kind of the exact theory that everyone has is like, you know, like during the collapse, everyone thought the rat, that the traveler was going to run just kind of like what he did during to the fallen. Uh, and that Rasputin shot them, shot him down. But I think he explicitly says, I didn't do it. Um, okay. And, but he considered it, but basically because of Anna's humanity teaching that like, that was really what conflicted him. I'm, I'm pretty sure I, you know, I only, I only listen to the the dialogue once and that's kind of one of those things like i like to go back and like watch and listen while i'm not playing so i'm not as distracted by you know getting shot at um to really like take in what i've heard but i believe that's my understanding of like kind of the current thing like i i watched that cutscene from like the fourth week like four or five times at this point because it's it's pretty awesome uh in terms of like the implications of basically everything and, and rasputin so it's a cool season that's so awesome. I, yeah. I kind of wish I was like up to date with this because it seems neat. Yeah, um, it does. Yeah. It's... I'm glad that this like they're making legitimate like moves within the story and that stuff is happening because that's not common with these like typical seasons. So this is it's very cool. Right. Yeah. Um, it's it's been good. Oh, and then right at the like the last dialogue thing is he talks about basically, you know, before the collapse. He, he Rasputin would select people to be defenders that would get to kind of try out new weapons. And those are the seraphs. Right. And he's like, in a way, those were guardians before guardians. And so, you know, he's like the traveler and I basically have the same idea of arming, like finding the, the best people and arming them so that they can defend humanity. And he's like, I'm glad like the traveler and I kind of saw eye to eye on something like something to that effect, which is cool too. like just just cool stuff. That's sick. So yeah. how how does this story compare to the other ones for you? It's just one of the best uh, in terms of like seasonal stories. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, what, not, not, not ranking it against like, yeah, yeah, because which queen still has stuff that I'm like you're trying to digest and completely make heads or tails of, but uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I will say for this expansion, I liked, I liked some of the stuff in season of the risen, um, because it, it definitely was kind of a, uh, like, you know, we're ex like literally trying to extract the, the brainwave thoughts of like, uh, hive so that we can, understand what their plans are and you can definitely like argue that that's kind of almost gets into like war crime torture area and that's why like you know crow did what he did and accidentally killed that that uh, uh a scion the scion yeah i couldn't think of the name and like and that that whole kind of exchange of of um saladin like forfeiting his life and becoming like Valis forge like that's a that's a pretty cool arc in like the like overall main story of destiny and pretty awesome 
like then when you have what season of the haunted which like i don't have much love for um the leviathan so going back to it like as cool as it was like i wasn't totally blown away by it in terms of wow i'm so glad we get to come back and you know it's all taken over by evil scorn and all that like it's cool um but story-wise yeah like he's evil and now he's one of the followers of of the darkness like yeah okay we could all kind of saw that one coming sure. season of the plunder you know get seven MacGuffins to make a uh what, it, what is everyone calling it um <laughs> nez nez cafe because it's Nezera. <laughs> uh so you know like that in terms of story was kind of silly but this like this is this is like resolving things from like vanilla d1 um which is which is cool that's why i think this season's pretty awesome like we're actually i i was curious as we approached lightfall and then ultimately the final shape like are we gonna get are we gonna get answers to questions like what is the traveler you know like really in some like comprehensive way that we can understand besides things like oh, the winnower and the the gardener and that that kind of stuff you know like that there's like the abstract stuff that you can read in the lore but having kind of like a realization and understanding like are we gonna get things like that by the time we get to the final shape um and That's a good question and things like this like uh, you know what was rasputin really and and where does he fit in with like the timeline of you know, the collapse and all that and like this actually fills in a pretty big piece of the puzzle so i felt really satisfied like watching that cutscene and kind of knowing things cuz i i think i think destiny's at its best when it kind of walks that weird like science fiction line like obviously all the weird evil space magic fantasy stuff is cool but i like the science fictiony stuff i think more I think that's why I gravitate towards things like Siva more than like the Taken. Yeah. Um, and so like getting getting some some revelations related to that, I think, was just like really good. Totally. I think the Rasputin Warmind stuff has always been one of my favorite parts of Destiny's story. It's always been one of the most interesting parts. Not to mention, I just think like think the aesthetic is cool. But yeah. But yeah, this is very cool. Um, what did you say happened to Clovis after all this? What so you you basically yeah I, I know I used to kind of I said he got eighty six basically you know like he's he was in that avatar body. Uh, mm -hmm. Did they just delete him? Yeah, she basically like con like control shift delete him and then let. Uh, but ba and basically she's like, well, he still has his version of himself in on Europa. And you can bet your ass that like he knows you're coming. Uh, so they're you know like uh, so now there's like theories running around like is he gonna join the darkness because what you know his his last chance to try to like integrate himself into the current like the city and the current state of technology has failed because you know he got to revealed to be kind of an evil a hole. Um, and so you know what's his last chance of immortality and whatever you know yeah Ras or Clovis Bray's final end goal is as a as an entity in this world yeah totally. he's probably going to join the evil darkness in some capacity so yeah that would make perfect um, sense considering his like his character is essentially this like uh, almost like a caricature of like this guy who exclusively cares about 
his legacy right. and his, you know, just being a god, essentially. Yeah. So obviously he's going to do whatever he possibly can to fulfill that role. And so the next thing is totally the witness is going to come knocking on the doorstep. Oh, yeah. Well, kind of like what it did for uh, Aramis, right? Oh, Aramis, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, look, you're desperate. Uh, obviously, whatever path you were taking wasn't working out for you. Why don't you join my group? But obviously, you you see things because there's there's like kind of these revelations that because Aramis screwed up that the punishment, you know, because she failed to get the the seven MacGuffins to make the Nez Cafe for herself. Um, that her wrathborn, or I'm sorry, her her. Like how People, salvation, yeah, how salvation have been turned into wrathborn and scorn, um, because there's like one of the dialogue pieces is like, uh, not Aerisborn. Um, oh, I remember this. Yeah, they said that uh, this was like retribution of some kind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like punishment for failing. So yeah, obviously, mm -hmm. if if that's kind of how things go in Lightfall, that's probably what's going to happen to Callus, right? His his people are probably going to be taken from him if he fails as a disciple, um, and so. I, I really like that dynamic where it's like genuinely evil kind of like we're not, you know, there's there's that kind of like, oh, what's light and what's dark and, are, you know, one just happens to use the darkness. But like these are genuinely evil things where like you're 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 betraying your own people that have like chosen to follow you because they fail you and like you kind of just typical bad guy stuff. And maybe it's cliche, but I kind of like it a little bit like. I like it too. I, that's Dude. what the witness should be is yeah. like a cliche bad guy because he's literally like the embodiment of evil. Right. right. There, yeah, there's no defending these actions and like mm -hmm. so. He should not be a morally great thing. He should be. Yeah. He's darkness, right? Yeah. Do you think they're gonna ever, I liked what you brought up earlier, do you think they're ever going to explain what the Traveler is? I think there's an argument there. I don't know if I agree, but I think there is a valid argument as to maybe they don't they explain what the traveler is and they keep it somewhat vague. I would say maybe, maybe not you. Like, I don't, I hope there's not just like an exposition dump where like, for some reason, Bill Nye comes back and he's like, we called it the traveler because as it turns out, it was an <laughs> alien from planet Zorbon. And it's one of 8,000 other yeah. giant golf balls. Like, I don't want something like that. But Actually, it, it's one of Rasputin's sepines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's from the future, and it, like, traveled back to warn humanity. And, like, I, I don't want something like that. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, I feel like if you explain what the Traveler is, you almost take away the entire point of the Traveler. Like, what right. it's been for, it's like, the entirety of Destiny is this, like, ambiguous force almost and right like, if you explain it it's almost not the traveler anymore yeah i i, I do agree sense. with that yeah no i i think there there should always be someone of a of a not fully ex like, like vetted system but mm -hmm. but i guess it's like there would it would be nice to understand why the darkness is pursuing it like is there a deeper longer history at some point where like the 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 light or the traveler did something like that 
upset the darkness like i guess maybe that is that part of like the winnower and the gardener story like yeah the, like as to like why the darkness yeah so like what, exactly point. like why why did it why did the traveler feel like it needed to travel from like race to race to find uh, a society that it could cling on to to both defend and be defended by um yeah I, like I, just some some kind of a little more I guess a little more traveler lore to some degree. I agree. Like flat out just saying what it is, I think kind of takes away from it because it's almost like it's not important to a certain degree. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I would, I would agree, but getting a little bit more might be kind of interesting. And I, I, I you know, I think we are getting that right. Like that was one of the biggest reveal points during the witch queen campaign, right? Is that, the traveler came to the hive first before they were the hive and basically the darkness got there first and kind of deceived them into thinking that this, this orb in the sky was some great evil and it was just kind of a miscommunication or a, a, a basic lie that set forth in motion. Like, you know, who knows how different the outcome would have been if the hive were selected by the traveler. Like, you know, it's like crazy to think about. Um, yeah. And that's that's a big reveal. And I I guess I hope we continue to get more things like that. Um, like it'd be kind of no, it'd be kind of cool to know why the traveler left the elixir. Like I don't think that's ever been completely explained, right? Like we just know the the whirlwind, the great event that it left. But I don't know if there's a, a flat out reason why. Hard, clean answer as to why. I don't think so either. This is this is again where we need like a, a lore expert to right, <laughs> yeah, yell at us for not knowing something. I don't think so either, though. That would be I'm, I'm sure that would will come up at some point for sure, considering how important the Elixir are in the current story. That would make sense. I'm excited. I mean this 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 sort of thing makes me very excited for Lightfall's story. What they could potentially do. Oh yeah. I'm I'm I all of this it just excites me like the what we got in the Witch Queen. What we're getting now in terms of seasonal stuff. Like these are these are big things and I'm excited. Yeah, me too. And it's nice to know. I'm honestly glad they've announced up to the final shape and everything. Yeah, it, it's nice knowing when this is going to end. Yes, because it really I feel like it's dragging a little bit not not to say i haven't liked it but like several expansions that felt like yeah this could be the end but it's not the end it does feel a little redundant at some point so it's nice to know here's where it's going to end or at least the the light and dark saga as they call it and we get to speculate as to what is going to lead up to that but right it's nice nice knowing that they're not going to drag this out for as long as humanly possible yes and that there is a hard and fast date to like look towards and be like, that's the big finale. Yeah, I've 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 kind of wondered that too, or or thought about that. Like, you have certain expansions that, in in the in the big scheme of things, like were they like yeah, we're just trying to draw this out, or were they? These are ultimately going like. In hindsight, I feel bad saying this, but Shadowkeep 
almost feels like it could have been like a season. Not going to lie. Totally forgot that existed for a hot second. Right. Like, and, and the events that occur, like important things happened in that time. Like we, we saved St. 14 and brought him back. Um, but when you, when you're like looking at what's the story you want to tell over the span of the year and what its implications are and like relative importance to like the overall narrative of the light and dark saga. Like it feels like it feels like, and, and to a certain degree, a lot of forsaken kind of felt like that too. Um, where it's like forsaken happened and needed to happen to kind of like rejuvenate destiny. Ultimately, like we got a lot of important implications about the, the, the awoken and the last Ahamkara and that it was taken and kind of like that set forth in, forth in motion, a lot of things that we're still seeing kind of the ramifications of, right? So like in terms of like the overall story arc of the darkness and light saga, like that seems relatively important, but then you get into black armory or um, season of opulence. Like they're, they're good seasons, interesting stuff happened in there, but like, if season of opulence didn't happen, <laughs> does it really derail the current story and leave like, a big gaping all. hole? Or no. same with um, season of like the shadow keep season um, where you're, you're season doing, of undying or whatever, season like of the undying. Time. Right. Like that, all, yeah. all of the, that to go into the black garden to stop uh, the undying mind. Like it was a cool activity. I know some people didn't like it because it felt, kind of samey after a while but that was the start of the seasonal model whatever like it is what it is but like is there anything directly from that that correlates to what's happening now like it's some of those it's hard to see like what the big picture is and some of them do kind of feel like like filler seasons yes um and it's like could could you comfortably take this 10-year story and could you have told it in maybe six years um or would that have felt too accelerated would that have been now you've like i i understand they're trying to like at the end of the day they're a business they're trying to milk not milk the franchise but they're trying to keep a franchise going so they can make money keep the lights on trying to tell this story like not every season is going to be completely relevant to the overall arc we're going to get side tangents and things like that but i have kind of wondered that like not every season seems like it ultimately needed to happen or ultimately have any relevance um and that like did did you need to have that in there um yep yep i'm with you there's several like that i think season of opulence for sure yeah um i'm not i don't even actually know what happened besides that i mean there were some good lore books but like as far as what happened in game what we got bad juju I, like what even happened in season of opulence there were several but i guess I mean, well, I guess I take that back. That was like the whole crown of sorrow, which ended up having yeah. relevance to the glycon. But like that wasn't even the season, though. That was just the raid layer. That's true. So that was even that was like a fraction of the actual season itself. And there wasn't really any story with like the menagerie or anything. Yeah. But people still look on it finally. But yeah, I mean, yeah. ultimately, I definitely I think you could condense it into um, a shorter period if you're if you're trying to tell this story but at the end of the day it's a live service video game right which is a completely different medium and right 
the story is not the only thing you're trying to accomplish. Uh, so you're trying to, you know, seasonal opulence exists because it's more gameplay content. Like Menagerie was awesome. Um, right. If this was a movie, that would be stupid because it wouldn't make any sense. But right, but yeah, it's a, it's a video game, so there's a lot of other things that they're other goals that they have, um, which ultimately sometimes hurts the story's pacing. I think yes, I mean. and that that you know I think that's a that's a great way to to the TLDR of it is, and that's that's what I was trying to formulate. And you just said it in one word: is pacing mm-hmm. is like there's not. Like you said, there's not many other mediums that span one overarching narrative over like 10 over 10 years yeah, and and have it be having having people still care about it 10 years later. Like that's kind of a a rare gem. Um, Obviously, you you have people fall off. You have people kind of only dial in for the the main expansions. But that's totally fine. I think that's like they expect that in the model. Like not everyone's going to play religiously every season. But there are people that want to know the major story beats, right? You play the main campaign. All right, I'll check in in a year. Um, And if you still had that entertainment and fun, like great. Like that's that's awesome. Um, And I think inevitably, like you said, it's going to have some some low points in terms of pacing um because they do want it to span a while and and might it, some of that might be too just like does this like the actual planning like does the story make sense to tell in a year or is that just way too much stuff happening where like because it sometimes you see that with certain movies like if you're trying to take a like a, a book that has a lot of heavy themes and elements and characters and stuff that happens and try to cram it into one movie. It sometimes gets lost in translation. Um, Like I think game of Thrones is maybe a good example of that, right? Like I've never read those books from what, but from what I understand, they're pretty dense in terms of just like how much detail and information is stored in those, those pages. And you couldn't do the whole first book, so to speak, in one movie that's two and a half hours long. You needed yep. to stretch that out over what eight hours of episodes to to really like set the stage, get characters explained, get things moving, like set this up so that it it you feel a little more invested. And I think I think that you kind of have to do that a little bit with something like this, where it's like if you just had like ever like if you had the vanilla D one taken King and rise of iron all crammed into the first year or even like the, the camp, the vanilla campaign, you might just be like, what is this? Who are these people? Why are we now talking about these taken people? I didn't even kill Crota. Do now I have to go after his dad? Like, like it's just, it's a lot. And, and it might be, it might've been lost ultimately in the, the, the noise of everything if they did try to cram everything too much. So it's, yeah. That's true. It is one of those uh, worlds that is just extremely well fleshed out. And there's a lot of characters and a lot of moving parts and they all need time to breathe. Um, There's a reason why something like Lord of the Rings has a three hour theatrical cut. And yet there still is an extended edition of these movies because it takes that much time to let all those different gears 
breathe and have ample time to function. Um, so yeah, you're you're right. I perhaps condensing it would rush everything and right. not allow people to fully understand and connect with you know what was currently happening. So that yeah, that's true. There there's good things to having quote unquote downtime, I guess. Yeah. Within the within the pacing of the story. Yeah, and I'll 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 try to give them the benefit of the doubt too. They may be making sure that they're properly internally like designing the story properly, right? They they want they want to probably want to make sure that they don't introduce something that just blatantly contradicts something else that they've already introduced, right? They probably have internal fact checkers that are like you know, every time you introduce a new lore book and and some new implication about this happened with this, like like one of the one of the dialogue things that was mentioned um, was uh, Osiris was on the comms during the one mission where you go to like Felwinter's Peak, and he talked about that Felwinter and some of the the other Iron Lords like trained him, um, so he has kind of a special connection and appreciation for the Iron Lords, um, specifically Felwinter, like he trained under Felwinter, um, and that's kind of a side of Osiris that we've never seen before or never knew about that. He had spent time with the iron Lords and, and trained under them. That sounds new to me. <laughs> right. So that's, that's like a big implication of in terms of like the timeline and who trained Osiris and who did Osiris mm. train, you know, like that, that, that we got a little piece of that puzzle, right? So now every time you have any kind of like recollection or anything related to Osiris, now you have to make sure that, that doesn't contradict anything that's just been said in that one piece of dialogue. So it's like, as you're making the story more complex, you also need to make sure you're not messing up the already complex story. So I imagine, again, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like I imagine that they want to make sure they get the story right and make it have an impact like the, like the witch queen with the, like now knowing that the traveler went and to the hive but the darkness like tricked them. Like, yeah, that was a big deal. Uh, that's a big. And I wonder how long they sat on a decision like that. Like, I don't think that was just made in a simple email. Like, oh, let's have it so the traveler went to the <laughs> yeah. hive. Like, was that something they've been sitting on from from day one, or is that something they've been like, you know, like knowing when all these story beats were decided and when they're going to reveal them and when they're going to fit in? Like, that all takes time to to really properly vet and make sure that it like makes sense from like if you're trying to plan something out for a 10-year story it all it at the end it needs to make sense in some cohesive way uh so yes i imagine these things take time yes absolutely i i i imagine that you know the writing team isn't coming in every morning to work like hungover and they're all just like shouting stuff like oh what if we did this right just do it so i mean when they do have I don't know, quote unquote, slower seasons. It's almost giving the writing team time to breathe and figure out where they're trying to go with everything. So that's very true. There's a lot that goes into something. Telling a story as massive as this one. Yeah. How do you think this season's going to conclude now that we've had a massive plot twist? So um, they usually end with a bang. Right. Yeah. Um, we uh, the last couple of seasons, like season of the rivals, season of the lost, they've usually been pretty 
cool with like the final build up. So I'm excited about that. Um, obviously, the the major part that Osiris is kind of hung up on and keeps pestering and badgering about is the 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 cloud city that he sees in his dreams. You know, so um, I think, and I, I if I remember correctly, that's one of the other story dialogue things in one of the past weeks where he's like, "Hey, get get to cracking on this dream that I've had about the city in um, in Neptune." Um, so, like, obviously that. We need to find that between now and uh, February 28th. Um, so I, I imagine that's one of the things that he's probably working on or or tasking uh, Rasputin with, uh, especially now because we're on this kind of like stalemate, right? Where we're not, he's not using, he's not using the war sats to actively bombard like the hive. He's just sort of holding on to them and we're making sure that the hive aren't getting access to them. Um, so he's got some time to kill, so to speak. So he's, you know, he's, he, he keeps claiming that he's doing all these calculations and, and trying to find a model that makes sense to fit. Like, you know, he's, he's like, I'm used to being like a, a death machine, uh, and telling me not to send my war sats, like does not compute kind of, you know? So, yeah. Um, it's kind of cool. Do you think we'll find Neptune before Lightfall? Cause we don't, I don't think we necessarily have to find Neptune before Lightfall. I mean, it could be a first mission sort of thing, kind of the way Savathun's Throne World was. Yeah, that's cool. true. It, it it could be, or even like Europa, right? Like we just like that final mission. Like, Show up. Just go, go check out Europa and we get there and it's like, oh yeah, there's pyramid ships. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, I, I, but basically I, that's true. It could, it could be like the first campaign mission. It's like, oh, hey, let's go check out Neptune, like, yep. what would actually be kind of neat is uh, you have a mission that just takes place in, like, the EDZ, and you get, like, a transmission, like, the the first mission for the, the campaign is, like, not on Neo Moon, it's just some random place, and it's like, oh, by the way, go check this out. Kind of like, almost kind of like uh, the uh, opening mission for the Taken King, right? You're just... You you get yeah. a you get hailed to go to yeah, Phobos, to which, totally. which is a new location. But it's like you're not you're not going to the dread. You don't even go to the dreadnought right away. Oh, yeah. Several I, I missions, think, yeah, yeah, which I think is kind of rad. Um, I think so too. And uh, Witch Queen did a similar thing. I mean, you don't get to go to the Throne World until yeah, that's true. That whole opening mission where you fight on her ship and right. on Mars and stuff. So right, they've definitely done that sort of thing in the past. So. I would, I don't know, what would you prefer? Would you rather us find Neptune first, or would you rather it be saved for Lightfall in a Taken King style sort of thing? Mm. I don't know. It might be, it might be kind of cool. I could, I could see the first mission being on like Europa, and you go to like the pyramid ship there, uh, mm-hmm. or even like the Shadow Keep, right? You go to the pyramid ship there, and it's like, hey, you, you've been looking for, neptune here's where it's at but not before you fight off like you know like there's that new enemy type that we're gonna get where it's like that kind of hulking gorilla type thing yeah. uh yeah, like whatever the main destructor yeah like maybe <laughs> maybe maybe there's one that's been on europa this whole time and it like attacks us and it's like where did this thing come from and it gives us some like data transmission we're like oh we should this this is the coordinates that we needed like we find it on its person after we destroy yeah. it like I could be and and that's kind of also like this implication of like, why is this thing just been here this whole time? And at no point is it attacked us. But it's like, oh, no, it wanted to be destroyed so that it we could find 
like the because like the strand is supposed to be this new energy of darkness that's never been used by anything before like it's ready to be found and so it's unleashing like an enemy that's been hiding on one of these pyramid ships that we've been well aware of for the last year and kind of probably been studying but insert darkness uh powers and you know it worked like the 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 whole weapon crafting station right like that just appeared on mars once mars came back after being taken by the darkness thing and it was yep. never there before yep. but now it's just like built into the wall um i could see something like that you know like totally. there's that one mission in the witch queen campaign where you're on the pyramid ship and it's like shifting as you're like kind of exploring and it's like responding to you and it's like you know maybe or maybe that first mission we even get a little taste of strand on Europa and like that's what draws us to go to to Neo Moon or something like that. Like I don't know. I that they they've been they've been killing it with the the campaign missions lately in terms of like interesting ways to kind of like to feed you that story and and yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited. That that would totally make sense. I like your where your head's at cuz the darkness has been drip feeding us right abilities and stuff like that. I guess different ways to tempt us into that sort of power. So that would make perfect sense for it to uh, continue to just uh, like right. give us new abilities and whatnot. Um, so that, I, that's pretty, what's I that? almost, I almost wonder if that's like what it's trying to do is tempt us with all of these, you know, powers like, and abilities. Oh, yeah, like totally look, like come to the dark side. We've got strand and ice. Yeah, exactly. Um, Speaking of, I I kind of wish that with in hindsight now, like because there's a, a cool story driven element behind getting stasis and theoretically there will be for Strand. I was kind of hoping that we'd get some kind of in-game explanation for why Light 3.0 happened. Like, oh, yeah, like <laughs> the, 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 like, oh, shit, I got to up my game. Yeah, but. Basically like, something like that, where like, we, even if it's something where you just go back to the EDZ and go to the Shard of the Traveler, and it's like, something, something, insert whatever rationale or explanation you need, but it's like, oh, we've been able to like, harness a new element, as opposed to just going and talking to Ikora, and she's like, here, buy these things, and now you've got these new abilities, like, it's just yeah. kind of odd. Like That's true. They're normally so good about like explaining even the most right. like mundane things like that don't need to be explained like right. the fault and stuff and it's like we don't there doesn't necessarily need to be an explanation for like our inventory or like you know stuff like that right. so they're normally so good about that so you're right that would have been cool and i doubt we'll get an explanation in the future about that i'm just i'm just gonna say that it's like two businesses competing and the traveler's like, oh man, the darkness has like a bunch of cool stuff. I guess I need more cool stuff. Right. It's like a capitalist system where they have to keep competing with each other. Yeah, exactly. That'll be my my headcanon or whatever. <laughs> I like it. I approve. <laughs> but uh yeah, I I think Lightfall's campaign has a lot to live up to. Yeah. I have high expectations. I, coming off of the Witch Queen camp campaign. Uh, which, at least from a gameplay perspective, was fantastic. Yes. Um, there's, there's a lot of riding on this one. So I'm, I don't know, I'm hopeful, but I'm curious to see how they're going to pull this off. 
because I'm okay. still not sold on this aesthetic either. Yeah, I yeah, there's a speaking of there's a new campaign or not a campaign, but there's a new trailer that dropped like yesterday. Oh, that's right. I did not even watch it. Was it just like, here's the location? Yeah, it's just a little bit more. The music actually is is there. There was a little clip of audio, I think, of some of the new music. I mean, as always, Michael Salvatore and all those guys rock it. Oh. Um, I'm I'm excited about that. Um, they showed some kind of callousy stuff, and they kind of there's this like the final I think scene is it like pans out and you kind of get a sense of scale of like the size of his ship, um, with respect to like the cityscape, which is kind of cool. Um, it's neat. Um, I <laughs> interesting enough, I have not pre-ordered it yet. Um, Either way, <laughs> I was kind of not not I'm not trying to be a, like a, a drama queen, but I was a little apprehensive to um, pre-order uh, based on kind of some of the some of the stuff that's been stagnant, like in terms of like quality of life. Um, but there was a update patch thing that came out yesterday to explain some of the major changes that are coming um in the new season in terms of like armor changes and yes, a lot of quality um stuff. and fixing some ability stuff and trying to trying to fix some things that have i think kind of been bothering me for a while um so i'm a little bit more back on track of like willing to to pre-order um because it's like yeah it's a new campaign new stuff but like if the game's continuing to be frustrating to play on like kind of a, another scale, like I don't, I don't want to invest another hundred dollars um, only to be frustrated for another year. Um, and yep. some of the stuff that came out made me hopeful for um, some of the more, I would say longer running issues. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'll probably pre-order it, but I'm, I'm like, I really do genuinely try to vote with my wallet to a certain degree. Um, and I'm not one to just blindly pre-order stuff because I get a pre-order auto rifle. Um, like yeah, I don't, neither. I don't like doing that stuff. No, me neither. Uh, Anyways, I just finished watching the Neomuna trailer while you were talking. I watched it without audio though, but um, so I don't know how cool the music was. <laughs> so okay. has, has, has new drip. He's got a sick new helmet apparently. Yeah. And his little uh, statue, which apparently looks like a witness statue. Yeah. Is the witness got him his own ship, his own statue? Yeah, I know. Dang. Quite the uh, hiring bonus. Are serious, yeah. Hiring <laughs> bonus. <laughs> what do you think That's the, cool. uh, what do you think the raid is going to be? Ooh, it's a wonderful question. Because I so I was not expecting the Witch Queen raid to be you go into a pyramid ship and yeah, uh, like fight, I and, uh, fight the darkness and stuff yeah, like like Rolk, yeah, the Rolk being the final boss is like mm -hmm. yeah, this is a brand new enemy model that we've never seen before. That was pretty crazy. They're yeah. usually pretty good about raids being like, yeah. Like here's a brand new thing you've never yeah. seen. Like I'm thinking like Last Wish with yeah. like the Ankara and yeah, and Rolk and what was Shadow? Oh, Shadow Keep sucked. Um, yeah, as far as that goes. But well, uh, the uh, axes from 
Wrath of the Machine. Uh, yeah, Siva people. Yeah, Oryx was. I mean, Oryx wasn't it, like a new or like super epic and awesome. But yeah, not like a new character model or something like a huge like plot development of some kind. That's true. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think I probably last wish. Probably last wish has like the the crowning achievement of. <laughs> here's a yeah the the Ankara that have been claimed to be extinct. Uh, we just have been hiding one, and oh by the way, it was taken by orcs or. It was wished to be taken by Oryx, so. Gosh, I, dude, I miss Friskin so much. That whole concept of that raid was just so cool. Yeah. You have to go to this, like, ancient city, this, like, ancient magic city, and hunt down a giant, thought-to-be-extinct, possessed, wish-granting dragon. Yeah. Just it was just so cool stuff like that. It's just awesome. Yeah. Well, Forsaken. I, I don't know. I it, it's hard to like really evaluate all the like the different campaigns, but like Forsaken in terms of campaign being like it starts off as a simple revenge plot, um, and then slowly develops into this much deeper. Like, oh, you get revenge, but by the way, there's this whole other location that yeah. you now get to go to. And oh, by the way, this is where the raid is gonna be. And like you said, there's there's you have to hunt down a ancient evil possessed wish dragon. Yeah. It turns um, in, it starts off as like a West like a revenge western, and then right. it's pretty seamless, in my opinion, transition to a fantasy epic. Yeah. So two vastly different genres that I thought yeah. they blended pretty and and probably epitomizes the destiny as like a medium or like a a genre type in itself, right? Like it's a shooter. So it's got kind of the western -y elements, but then you still have space magic. And like you said, it's a pretty, pretty seamless transition between those two in a way that's like fun um, and I think effective. Oh, totally. Anyways, as much as I love Forsaken. Um, yes. Back to the, the trailer I just saw. The uh, did you catch that this it looks like the uh, Vex Network, the expunge mission? Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. That's cool. Did not know we would go back there. I guess the Vex will have something to do with this. Which, honestly, my least favorite enemy type as far as like story goes. But hopefully they'll do something cool with them. I mean, I don't, I don't know. The Vex have never like interested me from like a lore perspective a whole lot because they're just genocidal robots yeah time travel and that's like the whole thing and they're the only race that doesn't have any like characters to them right like all the other races have like actual characters that like represent different aspects of like their culture and whatnot and i i know that's the whole point of the vex is that they're like a giant hive mind and that none of them are different and that's like their whole thing but it's i don't know still boring uh, I think. Um, so I agree with you. I think kind of what 
I, I always sort of thought when Destiny was sort of like expanding and, and becoming deeper, like when you started getting like Taken King era, I kind of assumed or thought that the the final punchline main enemy was either going to be the Vex or the Hive. Um, like or the Hive or... Yeah, and especially with like the, once the Taken got introduced, it's like, okay, it's probably going to be the Hive because it's like the Hive and the Taken are kind of one in the same to a certain degree. I know there's more people that will correct me, but you know, they... they agree. No, but I can... Right, but... But like you said, I know the, I know yeah, but the the hive are like you said, there's characters and there's like you get a sense of these individual things. And that's kind of the exact opposite of the Vex, right? Like the Vex are meant to be this hive mind thing that are just like they they worship the darkness. um, But that's all you're really going to get out of them. Um and there's not really personalities to them in the same way that like, oh, it's interesting to hear about, you know, Oryx and Zivu and and uh, Savathun and their their constant like one one upping each other and killing each other to gain power and all of that kind of like interesting stuff. Like you, you don't get that with the, the, the Vex. And so it kind of makes sense that like they're always probably going to be somewhat of a backseat in terms of like actual main villainy. Yes. Um, and I could see them having a, a deeper punchline at some point, but they're not the final shape. And if they are, that would actually be kind of disappointing. Um, that would suck. Imagine yeah. if the Vex are the final like yeah. enemy that you have to face. Yeah. You just you go back to Vault of Glass. Uh, actually, it was Atheon the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, was... it's one just uh, massive loop uh, where you just... <laughs> So yeah, yeah, you get to the end of Destiny's story and then it resets to the beginning because the Vex have made a giant time loop. Right. That's it's kind of the you like wake up and it's like you're actually on the cart in Skyrim and the guy's like, oh, good, you're finally awake. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're getting we're getting pretty meta now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I'm 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 I am excited to see where this all goes. Um, yeah. At the end. And all yeah. oh, everything that I've seen so far is is making me excited for um Lightfall and the final shape. Um yeah. it's 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 I'm getting to the point where I'm more excited about the campaign stuff and less excited about the in-between seasons. But mm-hmm. if we get more season of the serif type reveals, and I know they're not all gonna be season of the serif heavy, you know, reveals, but getting Tying up a few more loose ends before we get to the final shape with with seasonal content, I think would be pretty cool. Yeah. All right. And unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today. But thank you, Rob, for sitting down chatting with me. And thank you to our lovely audience, as always, for listening to this episode. Until next time, peace out. You can put this voice recording away and go on with your life, because you and I both know you'd have me yapping in your ear for the rest of your days. Want to further the discussion? Get in touch with us at any of our Twitter handles, all of which can be found at our podcast description. 